Okay, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Stuart Tract. Welcome to Beer Diplomacy, episode number 91. And we are here. It's been a long time, but we have a return guest, and we're doing the one-on-one tonight. <laughs> yeah, I want to call it mano a mano, but that just doesn't sound right. But uh, let's give a warm welcome. Uh, and, and a lot has changed. Welcome to Su- Susanna Collins. I, I'm so excited Hi, I didn't even say you. your name right. Thank What's you for on? having me again. It's, it's a pleasure. And you are you are actually uh, reporting live from a dollhouse, if I'm not I mistaken. I am. I'm in a dollhouse. Um, this is part of my new gig now. I am actually, I'm in my childhood bedroom, which is crazy. I'm back in Chicago doing some work, and this is where I grew up. So I'm, I'm visiting the parents. It was a twofer. So is that the window behind you that the boys used to throw rocks exactly. at and all that stuff? Right there. Right there. And Boo Radley's tree is right trouble. outside, right? A lot of trouble going on. Oh, that is that so was, cool. Yeah. Well, for those of you who don't know, Susanna was here like way back, episode 40 or something. It's been a long time. I was unemployed, I think. I don't even remember. It's been a while. But uh, you were here and you were doing this cool show called Sports Nuts that unfortunately, yes, unfortunately, I don't think a lot of people saw it. So, Which is, you know, it's a shame because I still love that show. I thought it was really freaking funny and um, we loved doing it. But I'm glad you enjoyed it so uh, much. Well, I mean, it was cool, uh, you know, I, for, to, to fill everybody in. Um, I went to high school with your partner on that show. Yes, you did. And I just saw it on Facebook and was like, holy <laughs> shit, this is so cool. Like, and, and nobody's, like, I would look at the views and there wouldn't be a lot of views. And I'm like, it's so well produced. It's well written. The two of you are smoking hot. Uh, making dick jokes. Like, it was <laughs> funny, you know? I mean, how do you? What more could you want? Yeah. Was um it was, it was so much fun and it was it was even like you know now like having a bit of um, professional experience like it was a really well produced show and and our Jimmy Chairman our uh, sort of brainchild of of Sports Nuts did such a good job and Sam and I had so much fun and um I I, I wish that we could have kept it going I still love it I'm I'm still hopeful that we're gonna do a reunion at some point we talk about it. I don't see why you wouldn't, but I guess the better question is, how the hell did you get from there to, why don't you tell everybody what you're doing now, and then back up and tell them how you got I know, it's crazy. It's a really, it's it's one of those, like, that didn't really happen stories, Um, but it did. So, yeah, so right now, um, I am currently employed by Showtime Sports, and I am sort of a correspondent reporter for um, Inside the NFL and Inside NASCAR, which has been um, a ton of fun, but... I owe it all to a douchebag, and this is no joke, because one of our Sports Nuts episodes was called Douchebag Nation, and it was about the Big East Tournament and douchebag basketball fans, and a very drunken fan launched himself at uh, myself and Sam, happened to be wearing a wedding ring. It was very funny, very funny episode. Deadspin picked it up. Um, got a lot of hits, and then the executive producer of Inside the NFL saw it on Deadspin and called me in for an interview, and the rest is history. That was it. So, once again, this little show (laughs) that deserved so much attention and didn't get it got one, and I remember that episode. That was fucking funny. It was a great episode. You guys were, like, standing right right outside of Madison Square Garden or something like that. Oh, exactly. We were just right outside of MSG, and um, it, it, it... 
couldn't have worked out better. I mean, it was it was hysterical. And you, you know, the funny thing is, there were a lot of those moments back when you know, from the episodes I had watched, like you guys at Shay being groped by drunken Latino Mets fans, and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I always thought to myself, like the two of you handled it really well. Yeah, and, I know, mean, cool. I and I think it's because you know we both we both kind of knew to expect it. And um, in a way, like this is going to sound really bad, but it was almost like we we were encouraging it because we knew we could make it funny, <laughs> like with our reactions. Um, so we were Sam and I are, you know, we're both pretty pretty calm, cool, collected girls. So we were able to uh, to handle it fairly well. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great show. It was certainly a, a huge platform for me. And um, it was funny for last season on Inside the NFL, we actually did a piece on uh, like future web stars, and um, we got to show bits of of Sports Nuts. So I was really? that was my little homage to Sports Nuts. Oh, that I was is very cool. Proud. So so that show actually did make it on. Yes. And yeah, just they curiosity. showed a Sports Nuts clip on Inside the NFL. Now, I was. Tell I was me, so stoked. Tell me if if you can't answer this, I understand. But did like Jimmy get paid or something for that? Finally, like because I no, know you guys. No, I mean, not that it matters, um, but yeah, it you know. was you know just kind of like really I mean cool. it was it was kind of a weird situation because I was singled out, you know, and it was like oh uh, how do we go about this? Um, but he was very cool about it, you know. I think yeah, everyone was. They were so just you know genuinely happy um, for me, and so you know we just kind of. Let it happen, and and here we go. But yeah, he didn't really. So, sadly. So now your background is your background in broadcast or anything like that? Well, or, it's I mean, fun. It it is, and um, I actually my degree, my undergrad degree is in broadcast journalism. Um, but when I graduated, I had no intention of using it. I was a musical theater geek. Like I wanted to be like singer dancer girl, um, and so I moved to London and went to theater school. And then moved back to Chicago and was like doing plays and musicals and all that. And then just got like completely burned out and gave it up and uh, started doing PR. And then when I moved to New York, I was like, ah, you know, I think I might like to kind of explore like getting back in front of the camera. And then this whole opportunity came up with Jimmy and Sam and it just turned into something much bigger than I ever kind of thought it it could. It was. So, it was just for fun. It's been like since you started. What eight to ten months, right? It hasn't been that long. Has no, it? it's been. Let's see. Yeah, it's been about eighteen months. Oh, it's been that. It's been that. Yeah, it's long? been like eighteen months. So you haven't been on this show for it's two years almost. If not, I did more two seasons. I just finished up my second season wow. of Inside the NFL. And I mean, is how surreal is it? You're hanging out with, <laughs> you know, with everybody. It's crazy. And you're busting their balls, which is no, so it's, cool. It's crazy. I it's mean, the craziest. I can't even, yeah, I still, like, I literally, I, I was at the Super Bowl, and I'm like, we were doing this red carpet for the NFL Honors Award, and I'm, like, meeting Joe Namath and Joe Montana. And did I'm he try like, and kiss you, by the way, Joe I, Namath? No, he didn't. Everyone was like, did he pull a cover? <laughs> I was like, no, he didn't. And I was a little bit disappointed that he did Yeah, I know. <laughs> Because I wanted to have a story. But he was so cool. He was, like, the nicest guy. Um, but just, like, yeah, just meeting these people, it's it's crazy. It's still crazy. It doesn't, like, I'm still pinching myself every day, and it's it's awesome. So I don't know if you can answer this question again now that you're, like, a real deal public figure. But 
What do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy the NASCAR stuff, the NFL oh. stuff, or I mean, I don't know. You know, you're That's you're a Midwesterner a good... from Chicago, so maybe it's good. I know it's a good question. I, this is um, I knew nothing about NASCAR um, when they asked me to start doing the show, and um, but they sort of it was great because they embraced the fact that I was kind of coming in with this like rookie mentality, this like newcomer perspective. Um, and the thing that I appreciate about the NASCAR show so much is that they've given me incredible access to the drivers um, and just like with the NFL, you know, the players are a bit, they're very protected. It's hard for anyone to kind of get close to them. So being able to actually like kind of talk to the athletes and, and get to know them on a personal basis um, in NASCAR, I've been able to do that. And I've so enjoyed that. Um, so, and they've kind of let me, in a way, it's going to sound bad, but they've let me have a little bit more freedom um, as to like what I can do and joke around with them a bit. I mean, football is, I love football as a sport. It's probably my favorite sport. But um, in terms of doing the NASCAR, it's just been, it's been a very cool experience getting to know the drivers and the athletes and that access that I have with them. And just because I'm completely curious about the process of all of this stuff as well. I mean, do you, are you straight talent or do you actually contribute? Do you write? Do you get in we, there? I mean, it's so you know? funny because I, like, I didn't know what to expect when, um, when we started doing this stuff. Like a lot of the, you know, I do a lot of the feature work. And so I wasn't sure if it was going to be, you know, scripts written out for me or like what. And um, it's been so cool because I, most of the time, I would say 98% of the time, they just kind of are like, all right, they sort of throw me in a situation. And so it's kind of up to my own, you know, abilities to just come up with questions or stand-ups or whatever and it's it's been neat because it's it's something that I enjoy doing and it's a challenge um, but it's also good to know that I can do it and you know just kind of come up with stuff on the fly um, and it's great because now that I've got a couple seasons under my belt like you know I'm comfortable with working with uh, some of the people you work with them over and over again. They know what you like to do um, so yeah it's I they give me a lot of freedom as to what I kind of can and can't say which is awesome that is very cool do you also do you feel that your background in acting allows you to be better at this than someone yes. who let's say just came in with a broadcast background yes 100% because I mean you, yeah, broadcasters I mean they don't <laughs> they've never had stage experience really unless yeah. they have a bug for it right or unless yeah you know no, what I'm saying so even though you may have played some small theaters and no one may have known who the heck you were you right. busted your chops so to speak no, I does think, that make uh, it easier I, I absolutely do. I, I, and I think that, you know, if you've, um, like if you've gone to drama school or if you've, you know, had any sort of like training in that way, one thing that they inevitably teach you is the ability to improvise. And that has been probably like the biggest skill, um, that I'm very thankful that I have because to the, to be able to think on your feet in certain situations, especially when you're interviewing, say, Joe Namath, it's, um, you know, it's helpful. And, um, and I think that there's a certain amount of, if you're on stage, you know, if you can get up on stage and perform in front of people, like, to me, that's, like, probably one of the most terrifying things to do. So if you can do that and get over that fear, nothing phases you. So, like, I'm kind of, like, I'm a little bit fearless when it comes to this job because I just, you know, 
nothing really scares me at this point. Like I've I've done that. That's this is this is easy. But that's almost vital, right? When you're hanging out and talking to people who are larger than life thanks yeah, to all the attention that's given to I them. I mean, right? I like I you'll see me like, you know, I'll be on camera like, "Thanks, you know, that's great." And then I'll turn around the camera and like totally freak out and be like, "Oh my god, can't believe yeah. just talk to those people." Um so you have those moments, but yeah, being able to maintain the composure is is uh, and pretend that you're very calm and cool. So you've kind asset. of fallen into this, but at the same time, it seems. And I'll admit, I haven't gone through all the archives, but I've That's looked. Right. I'm like, you know, you're, you're pretty. You're you're quite good at it, you know. Or else you. I mean, come on. Like inside the NFL is by Dude, far the best you. football show on television, right? Doesn't matter what network it's on, whether it's well, HBO I'm or Showtime. I think it's a pretty darn good no, show. I mean, it always has been. They're the only yeah. one, you know, who do that stuff with the films and. Uh, and and I'm I'm not a NASCAR guy, but it's very similar production value for that yeah. show as well. So I mean, you're kind of coming into this at the top there. It's yeah. Maybe That's it's little, not and, network television, but when you talk about the production of something, yeah, you know, definitely, so, definitely, it's a that's a little daunting actually, because you know it was like I all of a sudden like they're like this is Susanna Collins and. She's on Inside the NFL, and people are like, who the hell is this girl? Like, And so to kind of start at, like, that show and that level, it's a bit like, oh, my God. Like, what, what the hell? Is it all downhill after this? Um, well, I mean, but, that's kind of you know, a question. I know that it's, it's, it's not an easy one to answer, but, you know, I mean, we're just talking here. Like, yeah. what else do you want to do? I mean, you have, you're, you're somewhat, if not a full-fledged – you're a full-fledged personality now, right? I, I mean, well, I don't know. I, I would think football fans around the world know who the hell you are, and NASCAR people know who the hell you are. So, I mean, if you could parlay that into anything, what would you do? What's your next oh, move? I mean, I think that what I would love to be able to do, like, I don't get me wrong, like, the stuff that I'm doing now is amazing, and um, I, it's, it's so, so, so much fun. I would love, I'd love to have a little bit more job security. <laughs> And not that, you know, like I'm contracted with, with Showtime, but, you know, you're just kind of always waiting for that next call. Like, okay, we're, we're going to do this feature here. Um, I, would love, I would love to know that, you know, like do a studio show. Because I actually, I love being in the studio. And um, I think that's an area where uh, that plays to my strengths. And so I would love to eventually, maybe like a weekly show. I don't know. You know, hosting Sports Center isn't really like the ideal job trajectory for me right now but some sort of you know studio action where it's consistent I know I'm there um I'm a Chicago girl so, so uh, job, in a perfect world but... I would love to cover the Chicago Cubs but you know that's that's a pipe dream so you're and, kind of uh, looking for like a desk job but a desk job in broadcasting a, d a desk job but a desk job where I still get to like talk to people you know yeah. like I, I enjoy talking to the camera um but I think I think I, I just enjoy asking questions and I enjoy talking to athletes and personalities and, and kind of getting to know them and getting them to come down into like a more human level. That's, you that's know, there's this doing. crazy thing called the internet and you can, <laughs> you can, if you're persistent enough, you can talk to anyone you want and ask you them sure questions, can. you know, all of a sudden like hosts of nationally cable syndicated Everyone's doing Sport it. shows can come and talk to some schmuck. You know, it's, I don't know. I know. I know. You should try I it. True. I, I'd, 
I'd love that. There are people are do. like, I was talking to Rich Eisen, and um, you're a at, fucking name dropper. We dro- we quit it already. God damn it. <laughs> the thing is, is that like, <laughs> if I said Rich Eisen to like anyone like they're like who like it's only like hardcore football people but uh but he does these podcasts and they're fantastic yeah. and that's like his baby right now like he like loves these things and um and so yeah there's a lot of personalities that are starting to do stuff like that i, I mean, love it far be it me there's there's some kind of clever way of saying that but you know to tell or to give you any recommendations but fuck man no, I use the showtime thing be like hey i want to do a podcast and then just I know. talk to I, people i have thought they're about paying it. you to go on the road all you got to do is buy a little couple hundred dollar sony audio recorder and sit down with people do well, it well i be awesome. i i would i would like to pick your brain about yeah, that. Yeah. It, it would be my pleasure hey we have a couple of questions from the chat room here mm-hmm. um one of which is the first one. They actually all come from friend of the show and personal friend Jason Kapler. But Jason Kapler, J- yeah, what up, Jason? Jason says, "How does social media change your job?" Ooh, which is a damn good question. Well, it's um, and we kind of talked about this before we started. Yeah, so. uh, well, I think it's interesting because we were talking about you know Twitter. I think before we started recording. Um, it's, it's a whole, it adds a whole new element. So it's like, you know, you want to increase your followers. You want to, you want to be, you know, more accessible and, uh, to more people. And so I have to be, one of the things that, that I've found challenging is that, you know, I wasn't like a huge Twitter person or even a Facebook person, um, when I started doing this. And so just being cognizant of like, I should be tweeting right now, or, you know, I should be doing this, um, using social media. That's, that has changed how I work because it's just something that I have to be mindful of while I'm doing, because that's how the industry is right now. You do, you do a, you do a decent job. I I try. I I, I get yelled at by Showtime. Like you need to do more. Oh, they want you to do more. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's actually interesting. Um, I remember a year or two ago, it's probably two years if not more now, it was a big deal in the news when ESPN came out with their social media policy. And it was like this was the first public-facing company who had public-facing personalities who had embraced social media on their own. And they were, as a company, saying, okay, guys, you can tweet. But you still represent my company, and you have to follow these guidelines, right? right? So I'm guessing that Showtime has something along those lines. It might be a little more liberal because it's cable. Yes. I mean, there. yeah, like with Showtime, because it is cable, you can get away with saying, um, you know, certain things. <laughs> Nothing along the lines of the ESPN headline. Um, but, you know, it's just... It is one of those things where, like, when I'm tweeting, like, it's my Twitter account. It's just Susanna Collins. It's not Showtime. But I have to remember that, you know, I'm representing them. But if you hypothetically insulted a race of people and there was a backlash because of that, you could potentially lose your job, right? Absolutely. So, but see, my, my thought is, and especially as a guy who works for an agency that works with huge companies in the social space, you still have to be careful. Of, oh yeah, of, of those things, and I know? and I do, and I, you know, <laughs> it's like the drunken tweets, you know, like I could be at my apartment, like sitting there drinking a beer, watching sports, and like, or like, or like, you know, watching a political debate, and I'll have this inclination 
to like tweet something. And I, I, there have been times where I'm like, I, you know what? I better not say anything. Cause, um, you got to create a dummy account. That's the thing. Yeah, right? I, just I, to I, say the things <laughs> that like you want to say out loud, totally. even if nobody follows that account, it's like, there's a it's, feeling of just, Oh, that felt good. I know. No, I know. I and do I, it. I, yeah, I do it for my own account and, uh, but I'm not on television yet. So see, but, Maybe someday, but then again, hopefully, I'll, if I make it, it'll be because I've said some crazy, whacked out shit. I mean, like that's that. the other thing, you know, like you by saying such. Uh, oh, like I was ragging. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like when Whitney passed away a week ago, and I have oh, since God. changed my tune, thanks mm-hmm. to actually discussion that we had on our show last week. But my first inclination was like that crackhead's been dead for ten years, <laughs> and I tweeted that. <laughs> and like lost a lot of followers and like every woman in my life was like, oh, you're done, you, you know, Whitney you're talking about. Right. And you know what? I still believe that. But yeah. the actual act of tweeting it and saying it out loud was very rude and insensitive. And she deserved I know, more but, respect but that than that. Your, but... but that was like the knee jerk reaction. And, well, and that's that's what I, you know, I feel like I have to be really, really careful. You know, I haven't said this online, but I have a tendency to like say more than I should when I'm talking to attractive women. And I'm sorry, I'm, I, you know, I know you're married. It's not like that, but I feel like saying this. I, I, I've never said this out loud before, but like I in my mid 20s, I had some pretty severe problems with like some heavy drugs. So when I thought of this, yeah. that's where that comes from. And I was right. I, I don't want to tweet that shit out, even though this is probably worse than tweeting it out. But still, like, for me, it came from a place where I was like, I fixed myself. And I know that, like, when you have an unlimited bank account, it's probably harder to kick drugs. And now even the fact that we know it was prescription drugs, it's a little bit different. But, like, for me, it was coming from a place where it was like the time in my life where I was fucked up that way and didn't care about everything else, I was dead. Well, and that's that's fair enough. I think that's a – I mean – that's a natural reaction that you would want to that you would want to have, and I feel like with Whitney, she she has been unwell or had been unwell for so long. Yeah. Like, it, when was the last time she had a hit record out? Yeah, I mean, like, and I don't necessarily think that you judge her based on that, but I think you know from what I know of smoking cocaine and all that fun stuff, it's not very good for your. Throat. Your vocal cords? No. As a singer. If you're a singer like that, I mean, as a I'm actually singer. Yeah. I mean, it's like the vocal cords are like any other muscle in your body, and if you're not working them out, and if you abuse, them, I mean, smoking and drinking are horrible for your. Unless you're like your... a rock singer, I mean, like I, I'm, I'm, I sing, but not like you know. But for me, my <laughs> singing is like you know, some raspy, grindy shit. So bring you're, te- on. you're probably tearing up your vocal cords. There is a way to do but it that without. Good. You know, permanently damaging your vocal cords, but you know it involves a lot of muscle work in your abdomen and all that, and it's you know kind of complicated. I'm, I'm good like but that. I, Whitney wasn't thinking about her uh, vocal cords when she was, you know. Yeah. Um. So I actually uh, wait a minute. I think we're something interesting happened here on the stream. I just want to check that. But we're talking good. We're a little bit off of uh, what's going on in your life, and why don't we talk a little bit more about what's going on in the world? And if it's cool with you, yeah, let's stay on the sports theme, actually. Um, so everybody's going crazy over Jeremy Lin, right? Oh, we man. All know. It's hard to not notice that. Um, as a Knicks fan, I'm actually really, really enjoying Yeah, stuff going no, on. of course, you should um, be. It is exciting. I haven't actually 
been excited about Knicks basketball since what the mid to late nineties. Uh, you know, the last exciting thing that happened to the Knicks was Jeff Van Gundy wrapped around Alonzo Mourning's leg, uh, which, and after, you know, that's it. That was a while ago. I mean, yeah. And you know, as a, as a Knicks fan, then they, then they let Patrick Ewing retire as a, yeah. as a member of another organization. Oh, see, I, the Knicks were like the nemesis. I was a Bulls fan growing yeah. up. And so those Knicks Bulls series were always like, Oh, but Michael Jordan retired a bull, even though he yeah. came back, right? Well, he came back, but he retired a bull and it was his thing to come back and play somewhere else. Yeah. But like the bulls never would, if, if Michael Jordan was going to retire, they weren't like, Mike, it's time for you to go and we're going to trade you. Right. And no. the Knicks, they traded Patrick they, Ewing, yeah, like the I best know. player they've ever had on that team Low. in the history of that team, possibly. Low. And then like, and now he's not even a part of the organization. You know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. And that yeah. was like indicative of how fucked up that organization is and has Which been. Is and, sad because it has such a, a, you know, rich history and passionate fans. And yeah, so I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that Jeremy Lin has come in and excited the fan base. So what's up with, the ESPN article that came out. Well, first of all, there's oh, just uh, been a lot of crazy shit in general. Like Conan O'Brien said something on his show that was, or it wasn't him personally, but his writer said something to the effect Conan of. Conan said something? I didn't know that. There was a skit on Conan about like, it, like, can you let black people at least be the best at something? Oh, something along those lines. Bill Maher said something this weekend <laughs> about like uh, leave it to a leave it to a, leave it to an Asian to come in and ruin the curve for everybody else. Oh my god! Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I think it's pretty cool. I don't care that he's an Asian. I think it's pretty well. No, let me ask you as a as a Knicks fan. Like, is it important that he's Asian? No. Is that part of it? Like, no. what if he if he was if he was just a Caucasian? guy if he was would black, there be this would there be black. this frenzy if he was black and he came off the bench when carmelo anthony went out and then took the team to where they are now mm -hmm. in new york we'd still be freaking the fuck out right because some six man or seven man or guy who's never even really started a game in his life all of a sudden comes out and plays that way right and rein reinvigorates a team that really has just sucked ass for so long yeah um you know, it doesn't matter. The Asian thing, I mean, it's cool. There's a lot of Asians here in New York, man. There's a lot of Asians in New you know, York. There's there, a lot of there Asians everywhere. There are a lot of Asians. There's actually Asian more players. of them in this planet, I think, probably, than there are other anyone else, I would think. We'd have to look that up, but I think you might be That's right. That's my guess. <laughs> um, but still, I don't know. I think it's kind of, I mean, it's cool that a, a race of person, that sounds so fucked up, but who's never accomplished something like that before <laughs> accomplishes something like that I mean, it's an accomplishment you know never it had is, an asian american start an nba game ever mm -hmm. and this guy is kicking ass no it's it's very cool and um i'm happy for him he seems like a really nice kid oh that's a commercial yeah i see i told you was it for anything good was it condom commercial no it was called? like a guy on a fire <laughs> yeah thank you you stream um, lunch is served mm, thank you <laughs> Everyone deserves it, it a better like a vacation. Oh, it's a Carnival Cruise Line. Yeah, those cruise like, lines need all the help you. they can get. Um, um, yeah, back to Jeremy Lin. Anyway, 
so I'm happy for him. I, I he's fun to watch for sure. Yeah, and, he's definitely good. And but the funny thing is, like, I read something on CNN or ESPN or something today. No, I think it was CNN actually. Some guy claimed that he predicted this two years ago. What? Yeah, some statistician was like, Jeremy Lin is going to be the best point guard in the God. NBA. Just like the Billy Bean of basketball. I don't know. He, I think he, metrics. Yeah, I, I, you know, when I was thinking about it before, I had a lot of really funny ones. Like, I think he predicted also that uh, no one was going to be on Google Plus uh, three <laughs> years ago, shit like that. But what do you think about what ESPN did, which they put out? I guess oh. the next, the next finally lose a game, right? They win six in I a think, row. I think it's a perfect example, and you know, of. <sighs> Number one, like, and this is going to sound bad, but like the arrogance of of ESPN thinking that that's okay, that they can get away with it, and two, just not irresponsible. Like it's 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 they absolutely had to fire that guy, um, and I'm glad that they have since come out and you know apologized to to Jeremy Lin personally. But it's it's just like what 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 are you thinking? In what world is that okay? Like it's. I think it's funny. I'm sorry. I, I just it think tasteless? it's. I think it's Absolutely. ridiculous. But it's a very clever title. It's a chink. <laughs> but in they the had armor. already used it. They had already used it. In a, they apparently they had used it when referring to a story about the Beijing Olympics um, in 2008 and had gotten kind of in trouble for it then. So it's not even original material. But you know what? If I wrote that headline the first time, I would use it every time some Asian dude screwed up. I'd be like, yo, a chink in the armor, dude. Chink in the armor. Yep. Like the some armor. Asian at work drops the ball and we lose an account. I'd be like, fucking chink in the armor, man. Chink in the armor. God damn it. That's I mean, funny. and I like Asians. I like, <laughs> I like, I do. I date them. like Asians? I date them. I like their food. I date them. Yep. They're beautiful. They are. Um, <laughs> now, what about the guy, who was the guy, the uh, broadcaster at ESPN who got suspended? And he said it, the way he said it, I believe, was a little bit more, like, unintentionally. I don't know. I, I don't, to tell you the truth, like, I haven't been watching I, Yeah, one, so, while, one of their, so. one of their sports center guys said chink in the armor. Um, but it was like, it was, he was having a conversation with someone. It didn't sound premeditated. It yeah. sounded like... You know, just kind of poor. So, what's up with Kim Kardashian, man? We we're talking. She's about all that into before. it. Yeah, she's like, who's the next NBA guy that I can date and pull into my crazy reality world and make more money? You know, it's of. funny because NBA guys, I guess, are known, or and, and this is completely a stereotype, but they're like the whores of the sports world, right? Like, yeah. If you just look back at the exposés of children and, you know, just Johnny Appleseeding around the whole freaking country, it's more <laughs> NBA guys than it is anything, any other sport. And maybe it's just because that's the way it's, you know, I, I don't know. They, they She's do just a big asshole. I, I, I didn't watch it, but um, I, I saw about five minutes of Chloe and Lamar. And uh, that guy loves it, man. He was like mugging for the camera. Like no, I was she like, is fucking Whoa. ugly, by the way. That oh, whole family he... is quite ugly, in my well, opinion. It's weird. Like something went really weird. Like I actually do think she probably has a different father because, like, it's Which something one? just the, went the like, Chloe wrong. one or the or Kim or the Chloe. She looks like she got like I don't know. Well, say she was it. definitely. Oh no, you shouldn't say it. You never Hit know. The ugly stick. Yeah, I don't know. She's she's rough looking. 
I think the best looking one is the one, the middle one, right? It, Which is the middle? Kim's the middle one. Is okay. it Courtney's the oldest? Courtney. Yeah, she actually looks like a normal human she being. She looks like a normal, and she's yeah. she's actually not like smoking hot or anything like that, but she's, yeah. she's easy on the eyes. And no, seems I like agree a more well adjusted human being than anybody else in that family. Kim is just a, a femme. The worst is the mom. She... I think it, well, it all starts there, right? <laughs> she's a disaster. Chris. Oh. Did you see that dumbass video with OJ in it that came out like a month oh or so ago? Oh my god, her like music video? Yeah. It, it was unbelievable. It was like I love my friends. It was like There was like, there was better production value at the intro video at my bar mitzvah. <laughs> Which you should show that because I bet there's some. I have that on VHS. What are you wearing I gotta figure in that out video? a way how to. Well, they you know they used to do these like they play like an old Kenny Rogers song or something like that, Kenny and then they Rogers. edit oh. all your photos like through the years or something. Oh, for sure. And then they edit all your photos into like a little video montage. All I know is that I had spiky hair and big ass braces. Big ass braces. Yeah. I bet you were rocking like a silk shirt and some like baggy pants. What do you think? No. No? No, it's tuxedo. It's tuxedo, man. Tuxedo? For yeah. your bar mitzvah? Hells yeah. I had a Whoa. black tie I, see, to, I went to a couple bar mitzvahs back in the day, and uh, there was no tuxedo. I grew up on Long Island. You're, you're like super fancy. This is Long Island, man. It was, I, it's a fucking pageant, you know? I, I, I missed out. This is like Chicago suburbs. Yeah, like I couldn't go to a good college because my parents were like, you had a fuck, it was either bar mitzvah or college and we picked bar mitzvah. We picked bar mitzvah. I get it. That's it. Use your bar mitzvah money for college. Dang it. I missed out. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, But you know, that's how it is. I was definitely rocking the tuxedo. Um, Uh, I, I got knocked out at my own bar mitzvah. Out cold. Intentionally? Or? Well, back in the day, I mean, I'm 35 and I was bar mitzvah actually on my 13th birthday, just coincided. So that was 1989. Holy Woo! Shit. Yeah. Um, so video cameras back then were quite large. They're, They're like, huge, somewhat yeah. like the cameras that they probably shoot you. The NFL films cameras, yeah. Um, big, big guys. Yeah, like broadcast television type cameras, right? <laughs> yeah. Like with a remote pack and all that shit. And uh, so just some dude in a tuxedo walking around videoing the thing turned around and smacked me in the face with the camera. And I remember I got knocked out cold. Oh, so not at your exciting, own It's totally not an exciting story. Did you get attention from the girls, though? Did they like rush know. over? They didn't really like, like me when I was a little guy. Aww. I'm making up for lost time now, though. So I would have I would have rushed over and made sure you were so okay. Kind. It's the kind of girl I am. That's very nice of you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, here's another question from from the chat room. What is your favorite Little John song? My favorite Little John <laughs> yeah. song? Oh God, I'm not into Little John. I'm Where not going to even pretend to know that I know a Little John it's song. It's not the one that's going to make me okay. super lame. Yeah, that's bad. I know. Um, Sorry. Oh, thanks. And the chat room is telling me I've taken revenge on the camera ever since. Yeah. Oh, ouch. <laughs> ouch. That was good. That was very good. That was good. Um, so I guess we should probably talk a little bit about other stuff going on in the world. There's some stuff going on. You know what? It's like I haven't really been paying attention. Um, <laughs> but I read this article today. I did a last-minute scan of the news. And here's one um, – so in t- off CNN.com titled Santorum and Gingrich Target Obama. Ugh. Just, you know, talks about 
what these guys are going after to try and rally their party, so to speak. I've been watching Bill Maher a bit lately, and he talks about these guys being in a bubble. That's like his mm-hmm. shtick right now is how all the conservatives are in a bubble. Yeah. And they really are. Um, it's hard not to make fun of these guys because <laughs> I don't know where this stuff is coming from. So, for example, campaigning in the perennial swing state of Ohio, Santorum said the president's quote-unquote Radical environmentalist policies are helping push gas prices to near record highs right. and are threatening to derail the economic recovery. I mean, I almost don't like this well, is why we don't talk politics so anymore on Beer Diplomacy, because it's just all fucking retarded, right? It like, is all retarded. And um, I mean, entertaining. But like the thing is, is that like I think after after he made that statement, his people then were like scrambling to like find proof and they can't you know they they can't verify anything and so these guys are just like they're just spewing it and um it's i mean to be honest if you're a democrat right now you're just kind of sitting back like all right like slug it out guys the problem like, is we're we're not even real as democrats and you know i, I don't want to speak for the entire party right i don't you know i, I couldn't do that anyway but i don't think as a whole we're all that excited with the work that obama has no, done over the I don't past few years I don't, I don't think anyone is sitting here being like i really you know like the way the last three years have gone and and seems you know things seem to be on an upswing no like i don't think anyone is is terribly happy with the the state of things but it's so really hard i'm not i'm not like anti-republican either you know like you know yes i i sway more to the left like just ideologically but nobody seems to be coming up with any sort of real plan here and no one seems to want to work together and i think that's the big problem you know it's interesting i've heard so you continue to hear how corrupt things are there and we can jump around a lot but i saw a report on the daily show and it's funny because like i said and i think people who've been watching the show since we've come back a few weeks ago realize that just i'm very personally disenchanted with politics now so I'm getting my news from The Daily Show instead of reading <laughs> the news every day like I used yeah. to do. Uh, but John Stewart actually brought to light something I was not familiar with. What's that? Um, so let's just say that you uh, – now, hypothetically speaking, of course, to not get you in any trouble, Showtime is a Time Warner company, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Let's just say you knew something was going down mm-hmm. at Time Warner because you're an employee. And you decided to make an action on the stocks there. Hmm. That's illegal. That is right? illegal. The minute somebody finds out about that, it's very you're illegal. fucked, right? Yeah. And it's illegal. Not if you're a politician, a right. senator, and you know that some sort of legislation is going to get passed that will affect a television producing company. And you then make an, an investment move based on your knowledge that something is going to happen governmentally that will affect this industry, you're actually still allowed to invest. And it's not illegal. Yeah. So yeah. the See, same that's... can be said for banking stocks. The same thing can be said for investing in gold or oil or any type of government. In- I think they call uh... it government intelligence, actually. And there are companies that actually – benefit from this government intelligence there are ex-government employees and ex-politicians that are working because they have all this inside information mm-hmm. but because it's done under the auspices of being part of the government it's not considered insider trading 
It's so fucked up. I it's know, so, right? Welcome to America. It's so fucked up and it's 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 infuriating and it sucks because like it's been that way for a really long time and it's probably not going to change. Well, because the people that would have to make that change are the people who are profiting well, off of exactly. it. So who in their right mind would vote that down? No, exactly. It's yeah. It, I, I I'm so with you. It's um it's almost sad to think back. Um I was one of those, you know, people 2008. I was like I was out canvassing for Obama in Pennsylvania and um I am disappointed. I mean, I just I feel like he hasn't done enough. I feel like he hasn't surrounded himself with the the right people and um I it just makes me sad that, you know, 4 years ago I was so excited and so I was so into it. Like I couldn't get enough of, you know, I was on Politico all the time and now I'm just like, oh, I don't I, I'm so yeah, disengaged because it's so disturbing. It really is. It's upsetting. And I, at a there, time where there's more like like the Occupy movement has been silenced to a great yeah. extent in the media. Yeah. They're not allowed in New York to the extent that they were allowed here anymore. I was so damn excited at that time. I know. I was so excited that I didn't even know how to talk about it on the show. And when it was going on, I didn't know. I didn't, you know, it was just, it was ridiculous. And now it's gone. Yeah. And we don't even know it if it's going to come back in the spring, but it's kind of gone. Yeah. And like, it was this feeling where it's like, we felt so close to actually affecting some sort of, forget about crazy left wing batshit change, but just some sort of change that, benefits people and not the machine yeah and they squashed it i know and it's like i think i lost i don't want to say i lost a lot of hope but i lost a lot of interest in doing this i think i mean a lot of people did obviously um so what i'm going to start doing right now is actually instead of going to cnn.com i'm on people.com okay so what the fuck is going on chris brown is back with rihanna what what I didn't know that. I don't know. I, I don't even know. All I know is the dude hit her. And now, it's, like, they're, like, tweeting to each other. Do you remember those pictures? Her face was I wasn't was really paying up. attention, to tell you the truth. It was, she, like, her lip was huge. And her eye was all black. Like, he hit her. So, like, weren't they, like, sitting together at the Oscars or something? And supposedly he now has an appearance on a song on her new album that's coming out soon. Oh, God. And well, they're I like, didn't see, I didn't know all this. I see the latest I heard on Chris Brown was that he now had a new pickup line that he was using with the ladies. And oh, it yeah? was like, hey, like, I'm Chris Brown. Um, don't worry, I won't hit you. Like, he was literally, like, saying this to, to girls, and this had been reported. That so, was the last I read about Chris so Brown. So, here's the question, though, right? <laughs> now, I understand women to some extent, right? Like, I, if I – let's put it this We're way. I, breed. Right, but I understand the fact that, like, a woman who gets beat up will still be in love with the dude because it just happens. And, like, yeah. I'm not condoning that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But, like, women, despite the fact that they're sometimes battered – they're still in love, right? Like yeah. women I mean, are as fucked up as it sounds. They're kind of awesome like that. They'll take a lot of shit from a man and still love a man. Yep. But yet it's, a lot true. of the media is coming, coming down on her real hard for taking this dude back. Well, I, I personally think, don't know what my know, judgment is. I think on that. when something like that happens and it's so public, um, you know, the, the people that are behind like these like support groups and these, you know, the women's rights and, and battered women's rights, you know, they want her, they want Rihanna. The expectation is that she is going to become the, you know, the poster child, the new spokesperson for this, which isn't necessarily fair. 
Supposedly, um, because, she never came out and said a bad thing about yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. The way. I there mean, was an she, article I happened to read a week ago or so, and it said not once did she ever say a bad thing about Chris Brown. The media showed the photos. The media talked about this and that. P. Diddy maybe came out and said something, mm-hmm. uh, but she herself never, ever, ever uttered a word about this. And supposedly now there, it looks like they're on the road to being a couple again. You know, I. <laughs> I've been in some fucked up relationships too, you know, not to the point where they're beating me, thank God. But you know, you don't know what goes on. Um, yeah, at that point, like I'm just kind of like, let him figure it out. If she wants to be with him, eh, you know, whatever. So what do you who, say who am I to, to judge? The, what do you say to the people that feel like it's her responsibility because she's so big and she's a I role say model? It's not, fair. it's not fair to make anyone I agree. carry that burden. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't think it's fair. I mean, I do think it's kind of fucked up that she got beat up like that and she's getting back together with a dude. Exactly. But that at is the same up, time. But, you know, each to his own. I, I, listen, I just, I try not to judge so much. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it, 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 it kind of comes back to the whole Whitney thing. It's like almost a bandwagon effect, right? Like exactly. everyone in the world needs to say, fuck Chris Brown. Totally. Well, now, you know what? Fuck Chris Brown, dude. You don't put your hands on a woman. But at the same time, you know, you can't really delve into the psyche of a woman. Right. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, well, if Rihanna, if if she's making the conscious choice to get back together with him, then then that is her choice. And I don't think, you know, a women's group should tell her otherwise or say, you know, I don't know. They might think it's irresponsible, but it's it's her life. It's her decision. She's a grown woman. By the way, I don't have this video right here, but I just want to say for the record, it popped into my head. There's a video of Chris Cornell singing I Will Always Love You. Chris Cornell? Of, yeah. Like, Mount Garden Chris yeah. Cornell? Yeah. Uh, you, look, see, you're like swooning right now, and I, I watched it him. yesterday, uh, and I literally just commented gay. Like, I... I don't know. Should everyone sing a Whitney Houston tribute now? Seriously. Wait, in what context was he singing? Was I concert. will always love you. It was a concert. And he's like, I just learned this new song. Wait, then, was this recent? Yeah. The video oh, God. Like YouTube okay, that. yeah, no, see that? I thought you were going to say, like, oh, it was, like, back in, like, 1994. No, 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 no. All of a sudden, like, one of the most hard-rocking dudes ever is, like, going to sing a Whitney song. No, I'm over it. I No, nuh-uh. Like, Not cool. you know, he could take that bad motor finger and shove it up his ass. <laughs> That's what I think. I, you know, I, I don't know. Like, you know, chat room is saying hashtag awesome. I didn't think it was awesome. No. And like people are sharing, like there was this acapella. I want to dance with somebody on. I saw that. The, see, I was a little bit. Yeah. I, My whole I, thing is great. You're going to get your fame now. You may be this wonderful acapella band, but. Keep in mind, you got famous because you did a fucking Whitney song Whitney less than song. a week after she died. I know, I know. I it was weird. Did you? Okay, I um I watch Glee. It's terrible now, but I still watch it. But they did um in the last episode last week, one of the main characters ends up singing "I Will Always Love You," and it was like, oh, it just happened to be the week after Whitney died, and the producers came out and they were like, oh no, it wasn't planned, and I was like, calling bullshit. Like, come on, really? I will always love you the week after Whitney died? I was a bit suspicious. People are, I don't know. I don't watch the show. On. So it was like, if it's in plot, if everything flowed. And that's kind of like a standard song. They play some hokey-ass shit on that show. 
I know. It's I've never good. actually seen it, but it's, I know people it's, it's who love them. The first season was good, and then it's it's horrible. I've it's I've horrible. heard more Glee covers on chicks' iPods than I would like to admit. Well, all they want to do is sell songs on iTunes now, so that's all they really care about. See, I'm even getting – if she says Glee again, I'm out. <laughs> so, you know, there's so much more to talk about, and – Thanks to Jason Kapler, we have like some of the crazy, I, I don't know if you're in the chat room or not, but this let's dude see. is asking some of the craziest questions ever. Let's see here. Uh, let's see here. So I'm going to like, I'm going to like If speed. we sent the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders to Afghanistan, would we end the war? I like that one. Absolutely. How, <laughs> who couldn't resist the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders? No uh, one would care. I, I, I see here now that. They censored what? What word did they just censor, Badger? They censor gay. I happen to know that Robert Rabbit Badger is uh, is gay, and it says I'm censored, and I don't watch Glee. <laughs> That's just—it's interesting. That's thanks, interesting. thanks, Ustream, for uh, for right. censoring us. Um, but let's see what else. What else is going on on People.com? Because I think as much as I hate celebrity news that this is so much more interesting than it's, what's going on in politics right now it really is huh. so i'm looking here let's see um dame judy dench is losing her vision <gasps> oh that's very sad <laughs> that's really sad i know um let's see here you know what how about this what's going on in your head these days what's bothering you What's bothering yeah, did, me? Did like you bump into some asshole in the subway, or like you know what? What is this? This is actually <laughs> something we did last week. We asked John Fugelsang what's bothering him, and it turned out to be a nice, really oh, cool. Oh, I got a good one. I got segment, a really good so. one. I'll tell you what's, what's bothering, bothering you, Susanna Collins. Okay, so I was in Indianapolis uh, for a week for the Super Bowl, and I come back, and there are all these like Census Bureau things in my mailbox and it was like we've sent you all these notifications you need to fill out this like it's like a 10 page document for the u.s census and i'm like who the hell has time to fill out <laughs> census documents and now they came to my they came to my door it was when was it It was two days ago knocked on my door it was like a saturday afternoon i'm hungover in my pajamas and they're like we just need to ask you a few questions and I'm like oh my god okay really 20 minutes later the questions finally are done but I'm like how number one like do, how essential is this information is this really important do they really need to know like what I'm doing how much I'm making as a matter of fact they, they do which is Ugh. a crazy thing it's so annoying because it helps states get money from the federal government, amongst other things, right? It was the most annoying. I was this like, just I'm happened, getting though? harassed. I, this just happened. Didn't they take the census two years ago? I no, I, apparently not, because they're knocking on my fucking door at, on Saturday. I mean, I agree, it's ridiculous, but uh, I, I, I was also like, really, like this is your job. You've got to go around and knock on people's doors who don't send in their census. Holy crap, I was so annoyed. There was, was this great article in like New York Metro or or AM New York or something. Some New York state rep had said that it was the hipsters' fault <laughs> that New York was getting less money this year <laughs> from the federal government because hipsters don't want to fill out the census. Just blame the damn hipsters. Well, maybe they can lump me in that group because I do live in Williamsburg, but... 
Whatever. You, li- you you live in Williamsburg? Well, I live Let's in Greenpoint, just above Williamsburg. Well, that's like the new Williams getting It is there, kind right? of the new Williamsburg. That's interesting. Much to my chagrin. And does your husband ha- own a pair of skinny jeans just out no, of curiosity? No, we are Oh my god, we are we're like the anti-hipsters. We we are so not cool in our hood. How many flannels are in his closet? None. Does he have a mustache? He does not have a stash. He has like no facial hair, no skinny jeans. Horned rim glasses? Nope. A bow tie? Nope. All right. No plaids? We are, we are non-hipsters. Okay. Well, here's a question for an, an attractive girl who lives in near the hipster <laughs> world. Because this was thinking about this the other day. What the fuck is up with solid bow ties on plaid shirts? Uh, What's up with that? Don't even get me started. I Walking down Bedford Avenue is like, I seriously, I just want to laugh at everyone and be like, do you understand that you are... You're so ridiculous that you're trying so hard to look different, but you all look the same. Like, I wouldn't be able to tell any one of you apart because you all are wearing a plaid shirt and a fucking bow tie, and it looks ridiculous. Here's the the problem, I think. I hate it. But they're being validated by attractive women. I'm not validating them. I'm giving them nasty looks. But there's a heck of a lot of young girls out there. Love it's that the whole shit. like I'm an artist or I'm a musician thing, you know. Like that is attractive for a while, but then but it's, it's like not oh my really God, that. I mean, like I, you know, in the tech space, and I'm sure that there's a couple people in the chat room who can vouch for this. They're just as like hipster, angsty, dressed up. I mean, I, I just it sickens me. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like the flannels that I wore in the '90s because I liked Pearl Jam, right? See, mixed that's with like a solid bow tie. <laughs> And a pair of wore, Elvis Costello glasses. I wore flannels in the 90s. And That's what everyone did with Birkenstocks. Thank you. I never owned Birkenstocks. Thank you. Never God. owned. Are you a Doc Martens, though, for sure? I did own a pair of Docs. Of course. I was you like did. a Tiva guy when it came to sandals. Though. Oh, the Tivas. Yeah, yes. Man. I rocked some Tivas, for sure. I was like the, that was like the athletic alternative to Birkenstocks. <laughs> I, I had both because, you know, I was experimenting. <laughs> Out of context, that sounds awesome. I know, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, so, anything else bothering you? What else? Yeah. <sighs> or is is anything just making you overly emotional either way? And I don't okay. mean I don't mean that in like a hot flashes kind of way. I mean that in like a like you know when you I walk around had... and you know what's in your life that you're just like super passionate about right now, one way or the other. Oh God, let's see. What am I super passionate about right now? I am, um, I am super passionate. This is going to sound ridiculous, but I'm super passionate about uh, the Chicago Cubs. And I'm, I'm a little bit like I have this like every year I get this. It's like the nervous excitement when spring training starts and the Cubs have this whole new regime in. And so I find myself getting like, like I can't like read too much about the Cubs right now because I'm, I, I, it makes me too emotional. I get really angry usually because they're always losing when I watch them. So I'm going to have to, I have to reel it in. And so this is, yeah, that's plaguing me right now. The start of baseball season. Are you a baseball fan, Stu? No, I actually no. have very strong views of why I don't like baseball. Really? Why? Why don't you like baseball? Because baseball is the Republican Party. Oh wow! And football Explain, is elaborate. the Democratic Party. Well, if you think about it, right? There's no salary cap. There's no parity. Okay. The richest teams do the best every year. There's no sharing of the wealth. This is true. The owners 
are, <laughs> you know, some of the richest guys in the world are these old, decrepit assholes and do things their own way. And it's steeped oh, wow. in tradition that makes no sense. And it's not moving forward. And they bury scandals. Uh, and they have a lot of power in government. Oh man! And now look at football. You're killing me right look now. Look at football. Like, I, I have no, I have no defense to this, but 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 look at football. You know, even though this year two big market teams made it, every year anyone can win. There's yeah. a salary cap. Every single team has the same, except for this year, of course, because of you know the collective bargaining stuff. This was the year I think where they could do whatever they yeah. wanted, but they're back to it next year. You know, every team has the same chance financially going in. To, to to win the game, right? Wow. So there is no money ball per se because you have every team has ten bucks to buy whatever they can with that ten bucks, right? It's a very it's very it's a very yeah it's a, it's socialism if you think about it. They God. also they share revenue, you know. Uh, I'm terrified now. It, it's uh, I like football for that reason as well. I think that makes football more exciting too, and it works. I mean, look at the ratings, right? Uh, baseball is not necessarily America's pastime anymore. The ratings fucking suck. If it's not two big market teams in the in the in the World Series, nobody watches anymore. Nobody yeah. cares because it's true. an over no, the hill, corrupt, curmudgeonly, oh shitty. God, you need to stop sport. talking because you're like tainting me now. I'm. Well, oh my god. Listen, if you like the sport itself, it's hard to argue with it. I I was never like a huge fan of the sport. Yeah, see, I was just, I was, that's what I was brought up on. Like, we're just a huge Cub fan family. And so it's, you know, just part of, part of my genetic makeup. But it's, these are all very interesting and valid points, too. <laughs> yeah, I just, that, that's, that's my view of baseball, right? That I just, I, I look at them like the away. right wing. If I had to pick a team, I'm a Mets fan. R.I.P. Gary Carter, by the way. I'd like, oh, you know, I know, I know. sad. He was such a nice guy. Such a nice guy. I met him like, at his signings and stuff. Like he was always just, kind. It just happened so quickly. 59. Brain God. cancer. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm also uh, I raised a Mets fan because my dad grew up blocks away from Ebbets Field, Aww. which is where the Brooklyn Dodgers played. Yeah. And when the Brooklyn Dodgers left Brooklyn, like, you can't be a Yankee fan. Right. No, you know, you absolutely. You just stopped not. watching. Did you baseball. ever see that documentary on called The Ghosts of Flatbush on the Brooklyn Dodgers? No, but I probably HBO? should. I it's probably amazing. Should. Yeah. You know, here's a fucked up story. So my dad had this great picture that used to sit in our like living room of himself and Duke's and Duke Snyder. Uh -oh. oh, here's another commercial. So my dad's favorite baseball player was Duke Snyder. And, you know, that old song, I, I, don't, you know, I only know it because my dad was a Dodgers fan. Mickey, Willie, and the Duke, right? And the Duke yeah. was like the man, right? So they used he was, to have – Was he a pitcher? He no, was... I think he was an outfielder or a first baseman. <clears throat> but um, he, uh, they used to have picture day back in the day, right? And all the kids would get to go on the field and take pictures with the players. Okay. So there's a photo of my dad at like 12 or 13 with Duke Snyder. And it would sit in our living room and it was an original copy of a photo. And everyone used to think it was me because my dad and I look so much alike. Aww. But then I remember at some batting cage in our neighborhood on Long Island, years later, I'm like in my mid-teens, Duke Snyder is signing autographs. Oh my God. So we bring the picture to get signed. He wanted 150 bucks to sign what? his picture. Shut up. Yeah. Whoa. And we're like, yo, dude, this is my dad. <gasps> like, it was an original old, like, you know, printed on, like, yellowed paper. Bucks? I mean, of course, my mom shelled out the money, but, you know. Oh, ridiculous. my. That's, I mean, were you just like, <laughs> <It's baseball>. oh. <laughs> okay. That's baseball. 
Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy, that's a, right? That's a good story. Kind of. Not kind a very of. happy ending, but So <gasps> we're 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 hitting the hour mark here and I think we could go longer, but I, why why bother? Well, let's end on a high note. We'll 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 end with the Duke story. It was a good one. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, it, it was a good story. Um Susanna, thank you so much for coming on. Stu, all your fame, and now you're you're coming back here. That's no, it, seriously, very cool to have you back. I, I, this was so much fun, and I'm, I serious, I do, I want to come back and see your studio, and it's not my uh, studio. be a part of, be a part of, of what you're doing. Well, it's not my studio. It's it's uh the CoPoint studio. A big shout out to Dan Patterson and CoPoint, but. Yeah, I'm hoping that we move this there full time, but I think next week, next week is the 27th, and we will have Dan Patterson on the show, and we're going to do it live from the CoPoint Studios, which very well might be the future home of Beer Diplomacy. So, very cool. That would be really, really cool. But um, seriously, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. We it were was so saying much fun. this My before. Pleasure. We definitely need to get you more Twitter followers. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. Please follow at Susanna Collins. At Susanna Collins. Uh, I know I'll definitely do the follow Friday coming up this Friday. And nice. we'll do everything we can to get you some more followers. Thanks, man. Um, what are you working on? What's new? What's next? Pick I'm, something it's out. exciting. I've got, well, NASCAR starting up again. So um, first episode of Inside NASCAR is next week. And then um, this weekend, this week and this weekend, I'm working on a piece for CBS Sports for uh, March Madness. We're doing a piece on uh, uh, Dayton basketball. So, that is so I'm cool. excited. That is very cool. And yeah. So are you you're a college sports fan as well? Because I know yes. like the March Madness is coming up. Yes, yes. Are yes, you yes. doing anything professional for that professionally? Well, that's, what that's what I'm doing this week. It's great. We're um th- we're basically I'm doing some pieces for a show um that's going to be on CBS and it will air March 25th um during I think right before one of the I can't remember which stage they'll be at at March 25th but it'll be right before one of the games. That's my birthday um, by the way. And oh, it's it March twenty fifth. Yep, yep. Happy birthday! Thank you. So yeah, so this is going to be um, in conjunction with March Madness, and it's exciting because it's you know Showtime is owned by CBS, and so um, I'm hopeful that I'm going to start doing some more stuff on the CBS side of things. So it's cool. Uh, it's very cool. Well, we'll congratulations see. Fingers crossed to all of your success. It's definitely well deserved. Oh, thanks, Stu. Yeah. I appreciate oh, that. It's my pleasure. Anytime. Uh, really, really nice to have you on. Definitely awesome come back and join us again, whether it's remote or in person. <laughs> I sure will. I would love to. And uh, like I said, be sure to join us next week, where I think it's, I think it's Dan Patterson. And I'm I want to meet Dan. Dan is Dan is a cool dude. So yeah, we're looking forward to having him on. I think this will be his third or fourth appearance on the show. And he's now since he's no longer a CBS or is it CBS? No, ABC employee. I think he can okay. actually give his opinion on stuff. Oh good. Well, he's he's good. a journal, he's a journalist. He's been traveling the world and like reporting really and kind of couldn't really ever tell us truly what he thinks and I'm looking forward to kind of Hopefully getting some of that oh, out of cool. him because I talk to him off the air all the time and I know what Dan Patterson thinks <laughs> and it's pretty some pretty cool stuff. So awesome. be sure to join us next week with Dan. We'll Maybe do. we'll have somebody else. Uh, my name is Stuart Tract. I'm your host. If you have any questions, comments, criticisms, 
ideas for guests or show topics, shoot us an email at beerdiplomacytv at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Beer Diplomacy. If you want to, you can follow me at STWO, but I'm just going to curse a lot and hate on everything. Um, and uh, actually, people like that shit. So, yeah, have some fun. Um, so thank you again so much for coming out. Beer Diplomacy, episode 91, nine more to 100. And for the record, I got an email from Leo Laporte this morning, and he'll be on in the next few weeks. He was our first guest. If you don't know him, ask somebody. That's for you, Susanna. Most of the guys listening to the show will know, but he's a legend as well. Um, So, yeah, we're looking forward to having Leo back, and this has really, really been a cool show. The one-on-ones, they don't happen that often, and they're a lot of fun. It was great. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night, and you don't have to hang up right away, Susanna, but I am going to hit stop right now. Have a good night, everybody.